Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the next big trade. Ivan, have I got you there? Can you hear me? I can hear you. I was yes. uh, I was just texting your lawyer, who uh, is also my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and he he texts me saying, "I'm just." I called him before he goes. I'm just on a call. I call you at twelve thirty. I text him and said, "If Ivan is on that call, please tell him he's got a webcast." <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Do you know what's interesting? I, I, I just saw your call come through. I, I just saw, saw your call come through and I'm like, oh, yeah, hang on. Uh, oh, wait, it's 12. It's Thursday. Shit. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for everyone. Enough of that. Thank you for everyone coming along. Any advice contained in today's presentation is general only. It doesn't take into consideration your personal circumstances. You need to decide whether it's appropriate for you. Past returns are not an accurate indicator of future returns. And if you're going to trade options or trade anything, uh, you need to understand what you're doing. Uh, trading is risky. Uh, if you don't know what you're doing, it will end badly. Um, and uh, we encourage you doing whatever education you require. Uh, today's session, however, is this conversation about what we're seeing in the market looking at trades, talking amongst ourselves about trades. And, and when I say amongst ourselves, if anyone's got any ideas or any trades they want to discuss, put them forward, please, and we will go and have a look at them. And, um, yeah, there you go. That's that's uh, that's where we're at. So, Ivan, I'm just going to open up the XGIO and, and, and go and have a look at what that's doing. And um, the consolidation, I, I think last week, the week before that, the week before that, the view has been... Um, out of the money or at you know sort of at the uh, around the ranges bear calls bull puts um, anyone who's been trading in that style will continue to be doing well out of that um, and my approach and view is uh, to you know trade with some delta there so that you can if it drops and you're in a bear call um, you can take advantage of it if you're in a bull put arises um, you can take advantage and close out of the positions early that's just been my approach some people will have just People that have been sitting there and getting max time decay will have been the ones that have been doing the best in the current market. Um, mm. Yeah, and, and sort of news stories do what news stories do. They sort of, they, they've been impacting uh, for, for periods of time, but nothing's really been happening. Yeah. Yeah. So we jawbone yeah. that it's not having an impact. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, and I, and, you know, the the big thing, we had a really good session the other night with Robbie Risk from Susquehanna, um, and I put the recording on that on the daily um, market update in the webcast section, so towards the, the bottom of the market update that we put out every morning. Um, and if you've got a moment, have a listen to what Robbie's got to say. The market chat happens probably at around the 50-minute mark. It's quite a long session, actually. It went for, in the end, we, 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 were in, we ended up talking for about an hour and a half. Um, but, um, you know, I think there was a good, good, really good conversation about what's going on in the market at the moment and, and, and where to from here. But as traders, as options traders, if you're trading over a period of a week or a month or those sorts of time frames, um, yeah, there's not a, not, not a heap going on uh, directionally that we're seeing there on lead from from the XGO perspective. Ivan, what do you what do you think? Uh, well, you know, last time we were talking about again. I think if you zoom in on that chart, the thing that I still find so interesting is just how uh, that fifty day moving average has just been the market has been hugging it. I, honestly, I've never seen it hug it quite to this extent. Um, I mean, 
the cynic in me thinks that it's probably going to go in and break through it, take out some stops above it, and then uh, try and take out the future 500 level. Um, overall, I think that if, if you're in this right now, the, the way that you – well, sorry, if you're not in the market right now, the way that I'd probably be looking at it um, uh, would be to wait for a move. So, you know, I think as we discussed last night, uh, I'm uh, overall bearish uh, on the market, but I think the short term, um, I just wouldn't want to mess with the with the current sort of counter trend. Um, I'd love to see it take out that 5,500 level and then find an opportunity. Hopefully, there's just a whole heap of stop losses up there, and and it just it it really takes a move higher, um, and then talk about you know, depending on where vol is, the position, whether it be a bear call or a, or a out-of-money long put. Uh, so, but, Ivan, I, I, I say, the, I mean, the market's going sideways, right? And sometimes yeah. it's trending up, sometimes it's trending down, sometimes it's trending sideways. It's going sideways. I mean, you, you know, you can trade what you see here. And the, and the other thing is that when it's been going sideways in the past like this, volatility's been at, like, 10%, right? Whereas volatility decent level at the moment, you can actually write premium and, um, you know, which is, it's not a bad, you know, it's, you know, the market is going sideways, the volatility is at a decent level, which I guess is <laughs> saying that there, that things will happen. But I think, you know, mm. there's a time before that all plays out where you can trade it. And that's one of the reasons why I'm sort of saying maybe take, take money off the table when it presents itself as opposed to staying in there all the way through long, longer term. but and, and there's been opportunities to get in, to get out, to get in, get out. I, I don't know. I think that there's um, it's not a, it's not that bad a market to trade. It's just, yeah, you know, we're kind of playing a waiting game. No, yeah. Uh, well, exactly. I just think that, so, you know, the people that are, um, you know, the most, I guess, ballsy um, mm. have been adding iron condors all the way through it. Um, it. It is getting to that point, though, where, I, I don't know, I personally wouldn't feel comfortable doing anything um, just with, you know, the markets obviously completely come up, it came off really quickly. Then it came up um, and sort of, um, and by the way, you know, that's a sizable move. It's a thousand points back up. Um, uh, obviously after you take the market doing what it did, it's, you know, 3,000, two and a half thousand points, yeah, it starts start forgetting. But um, at the same time, you know, it's halted. If I was just to go and, the way that I always think about the market is, you know, where is the most maximum amount of pain to be inflicted? I think that there's a lot of people trying to trade this market very, very technically. Um, and I would think that, you know, I, I just, there's just so much space down below. If I was to take a longer term view again, I think we're lower in six months. Um, so it's just a question. It also just feels like, you know, we're going to take out 5,500 at some point in time in the near future. Now it could fall away completely from here, like as you said, you know, like as you can see, it's it's not, it's really, really struggling to get through. Um, uh, it's really struggling to get through the 50-day moving average. Um, but I just, I, I feel like if I was trying to push the market and had a lot of money to do that, I'd, I'd push it higher before smacking the market down. Yeah. Okay. Um, Paul said, um, sort of says that, yeah, it's great to sell premium when implied volatility is more than historical volatility. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, 
Okay, Tony, uh, Buffett has sold his airline stocks. Is there a put opportunity with Qantas? Well, um, I, this is not okay. one that I uh, is in my pay grade <laughs> um, <laughs> to be able to answer, but I'll bring up a chart. Um, you know, you know what, <laughs> Qantas. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, trading off that fundamentally, um, I, I wouldn't know how to interpret that, what's going to happen to Qantas based on what Buffett's doing. I mean, I just don't like airlines as an investment uh, because of the myriad of things that can go wrong with them and do go wrong with them. Um, it can impact their share price or not even wrong with them, go wrong with the market, go wrong with oil, go wrong with uh, security around flying and, and so on and so forth. Um, but um, whether there's a put opportunity based on Buffett's move, I don't know. But it's a, it's a, Tony, it's an interesting uh, question to pose. Um, but there's Qantas. I just I don't know if anyone online has got a has got an opinion on it. Um, Ivan, have you got an opinion? Uh, yeah, I uh, <laughs> yes, in the in the sense that I don't. But the, the couple of things that I'll say, you know, let's say that you are thinking about getting bearish on Qantas here. Um, one of the things to consider, if you want to go on and buy a put, consider the volatility at 50, uh, 50-ish points. Uh, yeah. uh, it means that it's expensive. And although, you know, if the market completely, you know, if, if the stock capitulates and moves back towards that two level, uh, maybe maybe even through that, then, yeah, then, then you've, you've, got a, um, you've got a good, uh, yeah, ball will pick up again. The counter argument to that as well is that, if Virgin doesn't get back anytime soon, then they've got effectively a monopoly. And they've said that they've got enough, uh, uh, Qantas has got enough in their arsenal uh, to survive in cash till December at this rate. So you really, you really start thinking about it going, okay, well, you know, if they're, if they're going to survive till December and the market's sort of opening up. So unless, I don't know if you saw, Pat, I sent you an article from the AFR the other day, or oh, just some commentary about some new, research about um, potentially that COVID's already had a second strand and so thus, you know, we could go through for a second wave, which is a much more <laughs> yeah. vicious strand of the of COVID. So anyway, I mean, if, if, if that's true, then, you know, then you're kind of like, okay, this could be, this could be crazy. Uh, but on that, uh, uh, Brian said one was... Just a, half, a, a, counter, a counter comment from Brian was... I was uh, <laughs> just reading it. <laughs> Was uh, is an interesting, you know, one would have imagined that Qantas will spike when Oz NZ travel is allowed, uh, and Virgin is not flying. So you know, maybe there's a call option play in there. Was um, was suggested by yeah. Brian. So interesting. I, I, I think that if 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 the if that's the the idea is that you, you know it's a it's a bet for the stock to go up, then you probably actually look at doing actual physical stock with potentially a married put on it um, to protect yourself um, or maybe some kind of a spread. So I think that buying a call option straight out um, with bowls still relatively high um, and you think that if it starts really spiking or really going higher, then a vol will likely drop off, um, which means that your call is under immense pressure straight away. Um, David, um, uh Thank you for this question, David. David's asked, um, what do you think about QBE for a bull put spread? Uh, so maybe I might just go into a quick 
book. Uh, Seeing my usual. Yeah, I. Yeah. I, I, I keep trying to find out exactly what you're doing so we can fix it because, you know, it's probably some kind of a <laughs> – anyway. I, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but in the background, I typically look at you play with the screen and I start trying to fix the stuff that, that you do wrong so that that way you, you feel much more confident with the system. <laughs> anyway. Um, what levels are you thinking, uh, David? It's an interesting, uh, Kibbe is an interesting one. Uh, I mean, it looks pretty damn bearish, but it has definitely come off a lot. Mm. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, you know, if you're going to be considering playing a directional side, uh, you know. 750, 650. Would you, uh, are you happy with that expiry, David? I've just changed. I've gone out to the 25th of June, but I had for no. I don't even know why I did that. But that, there you go. Um, <laughs> just a bit over a month. Yeah. <laughs> Seems fair. Uh, yeah, makes very interesting. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. Um, so I think that's it. Interesting suggestion. So the 24 to 76, what did you get on the Junes? 29, 72, yes, you might as well go May. Because just yeah, the risk yeah, of this, I mean, because the thing is, is that with where it's at, I mean, it's sort of a pivot point kind of level, right? I mean, if it's going to go lower, then it's really going to go lower. Um, but, uh, you know, and if, it, and if it goes up, then it's just going to consolidate or go higher. So, so the, the trade makes sense. Actually, the other thing is potentially go on and, and look at, um, potentially look at uh, doing some kind of a ratio on it as well or a back spread. That might might be worthwhile so that if it goes down a lot, you um, you make money. And if it goes up a lot, you definitely make even more money. So that might be might be another consideration. Mm. Neil, can yeah. you discuss the tax side of options trading uh, and if implied volatility has a feature to track CGT gains and losses? Um, Neil, we, we're not tax agents to talk about the tax side. Um, there is no way to talk about tax. Um, we're not licensed. But um, which is there a great is to be able to fall back on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's, a, there's an ASX paper, a Deloitte paper that the ASX published. Um, so if you just Google ASX Deloitte options, that sort of give a guidance and you can give that to your accountant. Yeah, um, and 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 there there are it's but it's a good question, Neil. And there are implications, and you should consider those how you're set up because um, it can have an impact on your how your mm. you know, share portfolio tax is treated if not thought through properly. So um, mm. yeah, definitely um, have a read of that paper. And uh, you some so accountants aren't always you know you might be the only options trader that they have as a client, so they. They're not necessarily going to be across it, um, mm. and so you have to give them some guidance uh, when talking to them or point them yeah. uh, to the yeah. that I'm pointing you towards. All right, uh, there was some uh, there was something else that I didn't get to. Um, maybe not. Oh, okay. Uh, now there was a an iron condor suggestion coming from Patty and Tim. So let's. On the XJO, 
Next week, uh, next big trade, uh, we've got Phil Torbman joining us, Ivan. Um, yep. Yes, you want we to do. Do on, on Phil? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Phil trades through one of my other businesses. He's a day-to-day uh, equities trader. So he's an actual day trader. Um, he's got a very long history of uh, of day trading in the market. Um, uh, he's got another side fintech business as well um, that builds APIs and stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, but um, yeah, uh, he's a he's an extremely active. As far as I understand, he's one of the most active day traders in the market. Uh, so it'll be interesting to get his view uh, about um, sort of in particular the March move, uh, which was quite interesting. So he's been um, very active uh, over the course of March. Um, the day traders who are typically liquidity providers, so the way that they work is they stack up a bid and offer um, and they wait for the market to sort of hit them. Half of them just sit in Telstra all day long, um, which is, you know, interesting. But, uh, yeah, they it, they're very um, they're very active traders that, and you would have thought that markets like March would uh, not sort of be favourable for them based on sort of my general understandings about uh, how they trade, but we're gonna we're gonna delve deeper. We're gonna understand a lot more about how uh, he and his guys approached March and uh, find out a lot more about um, uh, what it is that uh, what they were doing. So anyway, it should be a very interesting session. It's gonna be interesting to chat to a, a non specifically a non options only active trader. Yeah. Your bot put. Your bot put seems a bit weird, by the way. Where's my bot put? You're looking for a 4300? Anyway, that was the suggested position. Um, So that's price increments of 1%. So maybe you might go for price increments of 2%, price increments of 3%. Okay, so, um, you know, from... 53, uh, where we sit now, uh, uh, up to 59, uh, roughly 6,000 kind of level. Um, well, you've got the break evens at 44, 84, and 6,016. Um, so there you go. That's an interesting trade. If you think that there's a June expiry, um, you know, your, your What's that return getting you nearly towards 20%? Um, quite a wide range. Um, if, you, uh, if you're if you looking for something that will allow you to, you know, between those levels, that would be going down to the, the lows that we saw between now and, and June and obviously getting up to a pretty strong uh, 6,000 level would be, you know, quite a significant move on the upside. So interesting trade. I don't mind it. Uh, Ivan, any thoughts? Uh, I, based on what I was saying before, I, I, I mean, the trade itself looks good. If that's the view that, that you'd establish, um, I, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just uh, risk reward, you know, pretty skewed. Um, I'd, I'd be if I was putting on the same trade, I'd do it much more short, dated, uh, I think and I'd take I like. I think you, your or my style would be in and out a lot faster, but for those people that like to go out of the money, this is interesting. And, and, it, and yeah, the risk-reward uh, isn't amazing, but, um, you know, if you're 
it just comes down to what your view is and um, the wide range of scenarios that get to happen are where you make money. And well, uh, this and, one, yeah. like if you think about what this this is, what my issues with this is, is that it's it's actually got a bit of a bullish bias around it, and you can definitely see that from the delta and the vol skew, but uh, and the market typically. So I, I actually think that if I was to do that, the call spread I'd bring in a lot closer, you know, yeah. probably 5,600-ish, maybe 5,700 if I wanted to be a bit safer uh, on the yeah. sell side with maybe a 50 points stop above. And then um, and then uh, I'd, I'd be, yeah, it's the put spread that worries me for the, you know, 100 bucks or whatever, 80 bucks that it delivers on the trade. Um, yeah, I probably, and I was just, I was just looking at the premium difference differential there. It just seems like, you know, risking 100 points to make 80. It's something that may happen if we get an aggressive move lower. I mean, we're in earnings season. Anything can happen in US mm. in particular. So, um, and we just don't really know. Like, this is the first earnings season where guidance literally means jack shit. So, um, yeah. it's anyway, it's going to be interesting. I, I just, I, yeah, not not my cup of tea. I'd rather do a bear call spread on the market at the moment, um, but just wait a little bit to see um, if it can spike up a little bit. And I'd do it yep. to the 5,500-ish, 55.50 level, roughly, on a sold. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. Um, the... All right, is there any other questions, anything else anyone would like us to go through? So yeah, next Tuesday night, um, uh, Phil Torbman's joining us, so make sure you come along to that. Uh, if you haven't booked into that series already, you'll be able to pick that up from the morning newsletter or yesterday's newsletter, I assume, or off the website. Um, if anyone is interested in joining us as a presenter um, and showing off how they approach their trading, we can help give you a format that you can follow to talk to uh, and you can bring in, you know, how you pick direction and, and how you approach your daily routine and, and a bunch of other stuff. But we'd, 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 people love hearing from other traders, other private traders. So uh, if anyone's interested in doing that, please put in. Um, all right. Now, Neil's asked, um, let me just see this. And, and, I, and I will add, for those of you that are playing the options trading game at the moment, um, thanks for joining the session. We had a session last night. We'll be doing another education session next Wednesday. Um, and good luck with playing the game. For those of you that aren't playing the game and want to get in and practice trade, it's a great way of doing it and um, it's open to you. you all, if, you, if you've gone in before, you need to do is put your same username and password in, uh, and which is usually your email address and, and whatever your password is, and you're up and running and you're back in. Uh, okay, let's see. Neil has said, um, I'm assuming I can write options without owning the underlying. What happens if the trade is exercised and I don't own the asset? Okay. <laughs> um, I, I think the, the best answer to that is to point you to the education section. Uh, there's a whole video um, recorded about assignments and exercises. Um, yep. So just, just, just type in. So if you're, if you're, if you've written an option, then you, you can get assigned, uh, which means that you're assigned to take on the stock. Uh, and if you own a board option, then you can, you can choose to exercise. So, um, uh, so just look on sort of the assignments and, and how to manage them. There's a whole video on that. That's probably the best way. And the answer is, yeah, you can write an option without owning an underlying 
but I would suggest, and we will always suggest, that if you're doing that, um, then have a spread in place uh, which limits your downside. So if you're looking to sell a put option, unless you actually really want to buy the stock, or if you're selling a call option and, you know, unless you really want to end up short some stock, uh, I would always suggest that you have a, a bought call higher so that if it goes to from, say, let's say we were looking at the XGIO and we've got that 6,000, 6,100, you want to be protected if it goes to 65,000 ultimately so that you always know what your maximum loss is. Um, that's probably that. Um, and, yes, there is a lot to learn. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the the, um, uh, the strategies we've been talking about today, the bear call, for example, is selling a call option, but you're buying the call option at a higher level to protect yourself in exactly the same fashion. I've mentioned yeah. has asked, last night's session, I couldn't make it, but I had registered. Uh, is it recorded? Yeah, it, it is. It won't have made it into the newsletter this morning. It will be there tomorrow. You'll be able to pick it up from there. And all of the sessions that we're running are being loaded onto the website. We've been doing a lot of work on the format of all of that. Um, so as we go, they get loaded in uh, because, like this week, for example, there are three trading sessions. All of those will be recorded. And we're also, our podcast channel should be up and running today, Ivan. So we'll be podcasting. Yeah, sweet. If you're wanting to listen to Phil, uh, who's on next week, and you can't get there live, you'll be able to pick that up at a later stage, um, you know, via a podcast, which is a pr- pretty good way of consuming those sessions because there's not a lot of visual. Um, all right. Finally, finally, you listened to something we decided to do about nine months ago. <laughs> well, hey, who's doing, it, Ivan? who's doing the work there, mate? Um, <laughs> one around. Uh, I'm keeping the, the, the fires burning. Um, all right. um, okay, so here's one for you, Ivan. This is right in your wheelhouse. Can you please talk a bit about how to use implied volatility indicator? Uh, and there will be, I will do before you start going on uh, about implied volatility, there will be a session on this next time where we will spend quite a bit of time talking about the implied volatility indicator and implied volatility. Uh, I, th- I think the... the uh subconscious comment about what you were, what you were just saying is that for everyone who's just about to get really bored uh, of what <laughs> I'm about to say and is about to start dropping off <laughs> by long-winded explanation. Look, oh, I, I actually, make, I, before you answer, Ivan, before you answer, I will say, because people may drop out, for those of you that are new and coming onto this session for the first time, would like to trade with us or take a trial of our platform and have a look at, just type in yes and um, we'll organise to set you up for a 30-day trial and so they can get access to our trade ideas, all our technology, our pricing modules, our scanning software, all of the different things that are built specifically for options traders. Type in yes and we'll get you set up for that. And um, uh, Ivan, sorry. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's okay. Uh, So uh, if you – can you just scroll up? I'm literally going to give it a very two-second – explanation. But the easiest way to understand what implied volatility is, so the IV rank is the way that I would typically look at it. So implied volatility is just a forward-looking um, uh, estimate of where effectively option prices are marked. We'll talk a lot more about what implied volatility is, uh, as that's just, but 
in essence, the the most important thing to remember is implied volatility always tends to come back to its mean over a short over a long long uh, mid, short to medium term. Um, and what we've done is we've created what's called an IV rank. An IV rank takes implied volatility over roughly well over 52 weeks, and it says okay over the last 52 weeks what's been the highest implied volatility and what's been the lowest implied volatility. So that way, um, if you for example look at the potential variability or the potential volatility of, say, Fortescue, it's going to be very different to the implied volatility of XJO. So the way that we look at it is we say, well, the easiest way to understand how expensive implied volatility is compared to itself is to use the IV rank, and it's just a rank between 0 and 100. 0 means it's at the lowest implied volatility, is at the lowest level that it has been for the, for the last 52 weeks, and 100 means it's been at the highest level. Um, for, 50, for the 52 weeks. So the rule of thumb is if you're looking at an IV rank of sort of above 75, look to, to sell volatility, trades like iron condors are going to give you the edge, salt spreads, etc. cetera, um, depending on your view of direction there. Um, and then if your if IV rank is low, like sub 10, sub 25, um, <coughs> look to uh, buy options is, is a typical or a net buyer option. So bull calls, uh, uh, bear puts, um, or, um, uh, or or straight calls and puts. So where we're at at the moment, um, you know, probably a little bit trickier to use this, but yeah, I think that that's um, uh, that that hopefully explains it. Another question around uh, where can you see the? Expected? I've got this, this one. I'm going to answer just quickly. Um, Martin has asked, what is the table in the right? On the right-hand side, Martin, I assume it's the one that I've got my mouse rotating around at the moment. It's called the payoff matrix. Um, and the way the payoff matrix works is that what you can see here is the price increments, right? And I can set those price increments um, to, to whatever I like. I've set them to 3%, right? Um, and I can change looking at it from a premium um, perspective to a theoretical price and I'm looking at it at premium, um, and I can adjust volatility, right? So, uh, so what, I, I really like this tool, um, and, and I designed it, so, um, but <laughs> the uh, increments I can change here, I can say, okay, well, what, what happens if volatility increases? How does that impact uh, this trade, right? So it's an iron condor. Uh, I probably don't want a volatility increase, but what happens if it, if it reduces? Right, and so I can make money faster. Um, I can get most of my profit out uh, well before expiry. If that happens, um, you know that's only dropping by ten percent. If it dropped by twenty percent, um, you know I can see my profits are coming a lot earlier. So I, if I'm doing something like an iron condor, where volatility is can potentially play a big role in how successful the trade is, I can play around with that volatility and see play through different scenarios and and how that might impact the trade. And I also might say, you know, I want to change the, the, you know, the range from 2% to 3%. Um, you know, de depending on the position, I can, you know, I can adjust to get a feel for what's going to happen, right? Um, and so I, I can say, okay, well, you know, from today to the 21st, um, if, uh, you know, the market goes sideways and volatility falls by 20%, which it definitely could fall by 20%, um, then, you know, um, you know that's, that's what I've made up until that point in time. And, um, 
uh, you know, obviously that volatility uh, plays an important role in that particular trade, that, that impact of that volatility for that trade is significant. All right. So that is what that, that uses, and, and I really I like using the matrix. I sort of tend to go to it, but I, I, lo- I do like the payoff diagrams. Uh, I think, uh, and, and setting up the trade, that's probably the first place I would look at a payoff diagram, and then to sort of go in there and play around with volatility, I would go to the matrix. And Martin's comment, RR ratios always look so bad, requiring a really high win rate. And I think that's, that's pretty much the point Ivan made before. Um, it's a it's a um, you know it's just it comes down to how you trade. That's kind of how I see it um, as well. But um, you know some people that's the way they trade, and and uh, if they know how to manage their positions, um, you know that kind of works. It works for them. Um, we've seen some examples of people that do it and do it very very well. Oh, it is also a probability thing as well. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's if you look at the, the trade that we're looking at, for example. I mean, particularly is like a what almost a thousand points to the downside. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and sort of not too dissimilar to the upside. So, like, <clears throat> I think that risk-reward ratios, are, the, the higher the implied volatility, the higher the IV rank, um, the higher, the, the more width, effectively, you get in terms of the um, in terms of the spread. So, if you look through, I mean, I've been looking through the backtester a fair bit, but in the backtesting, you know, every time you put on, like, a, like a um, spread, it used to be, like, 100, 150 points, um, based on half standard deviation to move. Now it's like way higher. <laughs> yeah, though in March it was way higher, like yeah, three, four hundred point spread. So um, risk reward ratios are a factor of um, implied volatility ultimately. And um, if you look at the delta, and if you use delta as a value that kind of gives you one way of looking at delta is sort of a high level percentage chance of it finishing in the money. Um, a delta of ten. Roughly, you can you can estimate rule of thumb is that the market is giving that forty five hundred a ten percent chance of finishing in the money by the eighteenth of June. It comes down to whether you agree with it or not. So, if you think that the market's going to come off, um, then you can do a bear call spread now mm-hmm. and wait for the market to be trading, you know, forty eight hundred or five thousand or forty five hundred to go and put that other trade on, and then suddenly the delta will be way higher. But the market doesn't have a view. When it's pricing up the options, ultimately, um, it's going to be uh, well in terms of the risk reward. It's just that is literally just just the pricing that's coming in. So, yeah. All right. Um, uh, okay. Sorry. If your IN Condor is not executing, what do you play with to get the trade? Tick it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depends. The wider the wider your spread, the more you might have to pay up. Because um, if you if you're trading somewhere at the money, that's where most of liquidity is. A lot easier to go on and, and hedge it out. Um, so that that's probably again it's, it's a delta thing. Uh, further to that, uh, you don't necessarily hold to expiry. So is the delta that meaningful? Uh, delta is extremely meaningful. If you're not holding to expiry, it's actually more meaningful. Uh, Martin, so um, for a lot of people, they actually actively manage delta. So if you're looking at a, at a way of, if you're thinking about rolling, if you're doing one particular strategy that, I, that I've, I've seen in the market and don't take this as a, as a recommendation, I definitely don't trade it, but just as an as a, as a understanding is if um, uh, they put on this kind of trade, let's say 4,400, 4,500 that's on the screen, 
if the delta got to 30 on the salt leg, they'd roll it up back into sort of to be about 10 again. So that's one way of managing. So they don't wait for the, for the trade to be close to the money. They just wait for it to say, okay, well, now it's starting to get into sort of 30% chance of, of expiring in the money to, to do a roll higher or a lower, depending on where, where, what you're doing. So I think that that's important um, when, you're, when you're contemplating um, that, I guess. Oh, there's a, there was a question, by the way, around where do you find uh, expected dividends? Can you just click on a stock? Please, uh, maybe a big one, like, yeah, something that's got, yeah. Uh, if you go to the strategy builder, uh, can you type in FXJ there? Or just type in something, yeah. There you go. Uh, so the next dividend right there, second last thing, that's, so the market is anticipating $1.85 in 104 days. <coughs> this is a cool thing about, Options traders uh, is that there's no forecast. The market is literally pricing and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Dividends play, especially for stocks like CBA, play a major part in um, in pricing of options. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Well, um, any final questions, we'll answer them now. I, actually, I've got to run. <laughs> we'll call us <laughs> Um, thank you very much for coming along. For those people that uh, are new and have requested a trial by typing in yes, we will organise that for you. If you haven't already, type in yes and we'll get you sorted out. But thank you very much for coming today. Hope you've enjoyed the session. See you back next week. Um, try and make Tuesday night uh, next week for to listen to Phil. I think that's going to be a really interesting one and uh, we'll have some education going on next Wednesday night as well. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Ivan. Yep. See you. Thank you so much. And Sean, it's active. Thank